1 Peter chapter 3. In 1 Peter chapter 3, we'll be reading verses 8 down through verse 16. 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's all stand together, if you would, and if your neighbor does not have a Bible, allow them to look on with you as we look at the Word of God together. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8 says, Finally, be of all of, of one mind, having compassion one of another, Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no guile. Let him issue evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? But, and if ye suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. Verse 15 is our key verse this morning. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon this time as we open up your word. We're so thankful that we have a book, a book that we can trust, a book that we can go to as our, as our uh, main reason for faith and practice. So we, can, we can rely on it, we can trust it, we can believe it, we can live it. We ask God that, that uh, you would speak to our hearts through it and by your Holy Spirit, may, may the Word of God do the work that it's intended to do in each and every one of our hearts. Speak to us this morning, and as you speak to us, may we respond properly to you. For it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I've taken the, the, the title of the message right out of the text this morning, and the title of the message is Be Ready Always to Give an, an Answer. Be ready always to give an answer, the Bible says, for the hope that lieth within you. Um, take your Bibles and turn to uh, back up just a couple of chapters to 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll see what the context is that, uh, that he gave this admonition. He told them to always be ready to give an answer, and they were going through some real struggles. They were going through some real trials, some, some difficulties. And in verses 5 through 9, we see that right in the first chapter. It says, "...who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire." 
might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, uh, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. These folks were going through some, some pretty tough trials at the time, and uh, they were looking forward to, to someday soon seeing the face of their Savior. Um, in the midst of all of that, though, he, he tells them in the verses even before the verse, uh, uh, verse 15 that we looked at in chapter 3, he tells them, be careful about how you respond to things. Don't render evil for evil. Uh, you know, be careful how, how you react to various things and people uh, in circumstances in your life. And uh, he, he, he let them know that those difficult situations were in their life so that they could be a witness, so that they could be a testimony. Truth of the matter is, whether you're going through a difficult situation or not, uh, God expects us to be ready always to give an answer for the hope that lieth within us. And, and what, what I want to look at this morning is uh, uh, just some things that we can do that can prepare our hearts and get us ready so that when given opportunities, when having people in front of us, when having situations, we can, we can give a reason of the hope that lieth within us. One of the things that, that uh, there's many things that bother me looking backwards at, at COVID and how people responded and, and how even we as Christians did some of the things that we did and had some of the attitudes that we had. Uh, but one of the things that, that bothers me the most, I think, is that that should have been a prime opportunity for Christians to speak out for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the truth of the matter is, uh, God knew that COVID was coming. Amen? <laughs> and uh, amen? He knew it, right? And, and, uh, and he got us through it. And, and uh, you know, honestly, I knew that he would. But that would have been and could have been and should have been a tremendous opportunity once we finally got out of our bunkers uh, to uh, be able to to be able to be a, a witness and be a testimony for Jesus Christ. And sometimes I'm afraid that one of the reasons why we aren't the witness that God wants us to be is because we're just not ready. We're not ready. And so I want to want to give you some things this morning that I think will help you. Um, you know, we ought to have a we ought to have a desire to be a witness for Jesus Christ. We ought to be a desire to be the light that this world needs. Uh, honestly, um, you know, uh, Auburn, New York needs Jesus Christ. Uh, Cayuga County needs Jesus Christ. New York State as a whole needs Jesus Christ. The, the United States needs Jesus Christ, and the world needs Jesus Christ. We know where it starts. It starts with you. It starts with me. Starts with us being a, a witness and a, a verbal witness. Obviously, this is talking about verbal. This isn't talking about just living the life, although he precedes all of that by saying, listen, you need to have the right reactions. You need to have the right responses. You need to, if you're going to suffer, you need to suffer for righteousness' sake. You shouldn't suffer for being a jerk, 
okay? You shouldn't suffer for doing wrong. You should, you should suffer because you've, you've done the right things, not the wrong things. But, but then he, he just simply tells them to be ready to always give an answer. And we ought to be ready to always give an answer. And let me give you some things that'll, that'll help you and help me to always be ready to give an answer. Number one is to pray and ask God to prepare your heart to give an answer. And along with that, give you opportunities and make you aware of those opportunities where, where you can tell others about Jesus Christ. Uh, sometimes I think the, the problem is we're just not mentally prepared. We don't, you know, I, I've, I've been trying to do something. Every, every time I hear of the death of either somebody I know or somebody I don't know, but it's a prominent person, or like in the case of just this last Wednesday night, that terrible tragedy that happened up in Maine. He had 17, 18, something like that. I'm not sure of the exact number. People went into eternity. They didn't expect to go into eternity that night. Uh, they, you know, in, in two different cases, one case people were in a bowling alley. Another case people were in a restaurant. Uh, they didn't expect to step into eternity before midnight, but they did. They did. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, whenever I hear of situations like that, I try to consciously think, where did they go? Well, if they were saved, uh, they went to heaven. But if they weren't saved, they died and went straight to hell for all eternity. And the truth of the matter is the majority of, the, of people that, die to, that will die today will not, the majority will not go to heaven. The majority of them will go to hell because they've not trusted Jesus Christ as, as Savior. Um, there was a, a, a faint, and I, I can't even, I think his name was Matthew Perry, something like that, a 50-some years old, 57. I just saw yesterday he died. Uh, you know, immediately I, I tried to remind myself, he's in eternity. He's, he's had to face God. Well, here's, here's the thing. The people that we work with, the people that we know in our family, the, the people that are around us on a daily basis, they're going to die one of these days. And they're going to have to face God. They're going to go into eternity. And if you know, and you've heard me say this so often, but it's so true. Uh, you know, you need to have the, the mindset that if we don't tell them, who will? And I, I believe that God sets up all kinds of opportunities throughout the week for us to be able to be a witness and, and be a testimony. But if we're not ready, if we, don't, if we don't have a heart that's prepared, then we'll not open our mouths and we'll not tell people about Jesus Christ. And, and so the, the first thing we can do is, is pray and ask God to, first of all, prepare our hearts, and second of all, give us opportunities. And I suppose you could add a third to it, and that would be to help us to see those opportunities and not be so caught up. You know, one of, one of the things, and I'm preaching as much to myself this morning as I am to any of you. Uh, as I went through and, and prepared this message, uh, I realize how short I have fallen in some of these areas. 
And uh, we get so caught up in ourselves and in our day-to-day operations. The truth of the matter is everything around us one day is just going to burn. And most of the stuff that we get involved in in our lives uh, is, is not eternally important, but souls are eternally important. And you need to realize that you and I, and I don't care who you are, if you're saved here this morning and you're saved, you are the link to people trusting Christ. You are the link. And if you don't, if you don't do what God would have you to do to be that witness, then they, they, they don't have that link. That link's not there. Second thing we can do is, is realize that whatever we do witness, we've always got the Lord Jesus Christ with us. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to, to Matthew 28. You know, we, we quote this, Matthew 28, often to talk about the, the omnipresence of the Lord. And it's true, I mean... It, the Lord Jesus told them that to, to remind them that he is, he is ever with them. But he told this to his disciples. Notice the context in which he told them that he would, he would uh, uh, be with him, uh, that, that he would you know, not leave them or forsake them. In verse, uh, in verse 16, Matthew 28 says, Then the eleven disciples went away, Unto Galilee into a, a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in, in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And what that is, just simply witnessing and, and telling people about Jesus Christ. Uh, in verse, verse uh, uh, 20, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. He's saying, listen, whenever you go, whenever you speak for me, just remember, I'm always there. I'm always with you. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 18. Acts 18. Acts 18, verses 9 and 10. The Lord speaking to Paul. It says, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision. Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. For I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. Uh, Again, what he was reassuring Paul of was not only his presence and the fact that he had nothing to be afraid of, but that he was in control. And and we need to remember that as well, is that uh, if if God has has put us in contact with with someone, it's for such a time as this. Uh, Honestly, I, I, I really believe with all of my heart that time is running out, or sand is running out of the hourglass very, very quickly. And uh, I, I don't believe we've got much time left. If we really honestly believe that, I think, I really believe we'd be more vibrant witnesses, we'd be more vocal about the gospel, and we'd, we'd take more opportunities to tell people 
about Jesus Christ. Uh, go with me to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13. In Hebrews chapter 13, look down in verse 5. <clears throat> he tells the, he, the Hebrew Christians, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he saith, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. If you're saved, you've got the Lord Jesus Christ everywhere you go. And because he's, he's, not, he's not just with you, he's with you, he's empowering you, he'll help you, he'll guide you, he'll direct you. And so realize that whenever it comes to being a witness, uh, we're never alone. We're never alone. We, ne we never witness without the Lord Jesus Christ being, being with us. And another thing that we need to, to remember is that... Uh, is to remember not to be afraid uh, to make mistakes, uh, that we might make mistakes when we witness. You might. You, you might not say the right thing, and you might, uh, you might misspeak. Uh, you might say something uh, at, at the wrong time. But you know what? Uh, if you're speaking out for Jesus Christ, God understands that. And, uh, and the, the truth is, we, we talked about this in... in uh, Sunday school this morning, Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times, but riseth up again. A just man is trying to do something, and in the trying to do something, he may fall. But if he's a just person, he'll rise up again, and he'll, he'll make sure that, that he gets it right. Another thing that we need to do that I think will, really helps people when it comes to being a witness is to, to have a pre-planned approach for witnessing, to have, a, a, have some verses that, that you know, whether they're, whether they're memorized or whether they're uh, marked in a New Testament or even now you can mark them in your phone. Uh, there's all, all different kinds of resources that we have today, but you need to have a plan. You need to know where you're going when it comes to witnessing. And you've heard this so many times, if you've, if you've been in very many services at all around here, uh, it's, it's, always, it's always the fact that we are sinners, number one. Number two, because of our sin, we deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. Number three, the only, only way we can get all of our sins forgiven is by Christ and Him alone. It has nothing to do with works. And we need to trust him, repent of our sin, and trust him and him alone as Savior. And last of all, if we call upon him and ask him to save us, he'll do it. I want you to take your Bibles and, and turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And I think this idea of, of having some sort of a plan, having a road map. You, you think about it. Uh, whether you use a GPS, whether you use a map, whatever, whatever way you use to get from point A to point B uh, that you're not always super familiar with, uh, you, know, you, you follow some sort of a plan. Well, when it comes to witnessing, we ought to, we ought to have a plan. I'm not saying this is exclusive. I'm saying this is a starting point. 
Uh, when I have when I have been witnessing to people, I go all over the place sometimes, depending upon the needs that present themselves and the questions and so on. But but uh, uh, you need to have you need to have a purpose and you need to have a plan. Uh, Romans chapter three and verse verse verses ten and twenty three. You can mark these in your Bible and and have them for a reference. Uh, Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Verse, 13, uh, verse um, uh, 23, verse 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. First point that needs to be brought across is that, that people are sinners. And because we're sinners, we've got a need. Uh, that sin is going to have to be paid for. Uh, the reason why people die and go to hell for all eternity is because they have not allowed Jesus Christ to be the full payment for their sin. And, and, uh, uh, but you need, to, you need to, to, to start with the fact that they have a need. And the need is, is that they're a sinner. Secondly, go to chapter 6. And we'll stay right in the book of Romans for this, chapter 6, and look in verse 23. Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Uh, in, in Scripture, there's two kinds of death. There's a physical death and there's a spiritual death. The physical death is when the body dies. The spiritual death is when that soul departs from that body and then goes to hell for all eternity. And by the way, uh, you know, it's, it's important to, to, to emphasize there are no second chances. By the way, there is no purgatory. There is no purgatory. There is no intermediate, uh, intermediate place. Uh, a person without Christ immediately dies and goes to hell. And the, the, the proof text for that is, one of them anyway, is uh, Luke chapter 16. The rich man, as soon as he died... In hell, the Bible said, he lifted up his eyes being in torments. Why? Because his sin was not taken care of. That's why he ended up going to hell. And, and the, the, truth, the truth is that people need to understand. I don't, you know, I, I'll tell you right now, I don't like to look in the eyes of anybody, anybody, and tell them, you Without, without trusting Christ as Savior, will die and go to hell for all eternity. I don't like saying that to them. But boy, I'm sure glad somebody said that to me. I'm glad somebody was bold. And, 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 and I know, especially afterwards, I knew, that that, that individual cared for me. Uh, they had all, all kinds of things they could have been doing that night. They decided to stay there and talk with four punk teenagers and tell them about Jesus Christ. Boy, am I glad he did. <laughs> I'm glad he did. And he was very straightforward. He made it very plain. If I didn't trust Christ as Savior, hell would be my future. Uh, it's important that folks understand that. But then that's, that's, not, that's not all of it. I, I often... Uh, tell folks, aren't you glad the verse doesn't stop there? And I'm, I'm glad it doesn't. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. 
It says that, it, that it's a gift. It's not something you earn. So works have nothing to do with it. How good you are, how bad you are. It's, it's a, it, both of those things are moot points. The whole thing, the whole emphasis is on what did Christ do for you, not what did you do for Christ. And so the, th the third point that we need to make is that, is that the only way a person can, can get their sins forgiven is by coming to Christ and believing on him alone. Not trusting baptism, not trusting church membership, not trusting anything. And then, then you can take them over to, along with Romans 6, 23, the end of the, the verse, you can take them over to Romans chapter 5, and you can highlight these verses in your Bible, Romans chapter 5 and, and verses 8 and 9. Verse 8 says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than uh, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. The whole emphasis is Jesus Christ. We aren't justified by anything that we would do but we're justified by what he has done for us. He shed his blood. He died. He was buried. He rose again the third day and got victory over our death, over our sin, over hell, over the grave. And uh, all we simply need to do is trust him and him alone as Savior. I, I always put an emphasis on the fact that the Bible says salvation is a gift. Hell is a wage. It's a wage for sin. Heaven is a gift. And it's a gift that God gives freely to those that believe on him. You make, make, make a point to let them know that the only way a person can, can possibly get assurance of salvation and get their sins forgiven is by coming to Jesus Christ and him alone. And then last of all, Romans chapter 10. And you mark these verses 9, 10, and 13. Romans chapter 10, verses 9, 10, and 13. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In other words, there has to be not just a prayer that's prayed, but a heart that believes. There has to be heart belief. And, and if a person believes in their heart and simply asks the Lord to save them, that every single time, God will do that. God will save them. They only have to do it once. But I'm, I'm saying that every person who does that uh, will, will be able to uh, claim eternal life. Uh, I remember the, the night that I got saved, the pastor led me to Christ gave me a little gospel track. And unfortunately, over the years, I have lost that track. I wished I hadn't. But he put down the day. He put down the time. It was February 20th, 1 o'clock in the morning. And then he also put down a verse. And the verse he put down was Romans 10, 13. He says, every time you, you doubt or you begin to wonder about your salvation, just remember Romans 10, 13. And uh, uh, one of the reasons why I know that 
I'm saved and I know that I'm forgiven and I know that my sins are taken care of is because the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. That's me. <laughs> That's me. I'm a whosoever. That's my claim to fame. Uh, and if you've trusted Christ as, as your Savior, you're a whosoever as well. It's good to have that plan. Again, you say, oh, is that all, all the verses we can use? No, but it's a good place to start and, and have that, that roadmap so you know how to, uh, how to, how to uh, lead a person to the point where they realize that they have a need of trusting Jesus Christ as Savior. Another thing that we need to be careful of in, in order to prepare us for uh, being a witness is, is to not be afraid of, uh, of, of uh, uh, doing more harm than good. You know, I've, I've, heard, I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm afraid. I don't want to push somebody into hell. Well, I don't want to push anybody into hell either. But can I tell you what the Bible says about that? The Bible says, he, the, he that believeth is not condemned, John chapter 3. It says, he that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. They're already as good as in hell. Just like I'm already as good as in heaven because I've trusted Christ as Savior, according to Ephesians chapter 2, I'm spiritually already seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, the Bible says, he that believeth not is condemned already. Now that can change by them trusting Christ as Savior. But you're not going to push anybody into hell. So, so forget that. You know, sometimes I think we were so concerned about tact and we're so concerned about the approach and the method, we forget about what's on the line. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying, again, I'm not, not saying be a jerk. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is don't be afraid of doing more harm than good. Anybody in any way telling somebody about Jesus Christ and how to get forgiveness of sins is doing some good. And all God's people said, I mean, it's true. You know, you're, 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 you're doing them good if you're warning them about hell and telling them about the forgiveness of the Savior. Uh, be, another thing we can do is to be more concerned ab about their soul than we are about their friendship or about our relationship or about our reputation. Uh, we, need, we need to be concerned more about others than we are about what people think about us. And, and honestly, uh, again, uh, I think uh, all of us can say this, that, that there, there were times when the Lord wanted us to give someone a tract or the Lord wanted us to uh, talk to someone, open our mouths about the Lord Jesus Christ, and we didn't. Why? Because we were more concerned about us than we were concerned about them. And, and we need to realize that, that human souls are on the line on this thing. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Go to 1 Thessalonians 2. 
In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, look down in verse 4 with me. 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. But we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Uh, you know, my, my hesitancy uh, at times to give out the gospel is because I'm more concerned about me than I am ab about them. I'm more concerned about what they think about me than I am about them. And that ought not to be. Go to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians 1. Back up a little bit from 1 Thessalonians to Galatians. Galatians chapter 1 and look down in verse 10. Galatians chapter 1 verse 10 says, For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Uh, the thing, I think that, that one of the things that gave Paul the boldness that he had was that he wasn't there first and foremost to serve people. He was there first and foremost to serve God. And he was more concerned about what God thought than what people thought. And, and because of that, he spoke, spoke up, he opened his mouth boldly, for Jesus Christ. Another thing that will help us to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lieth within us is to, to make it a primary goal of our lives to be a, a witness for Christ. We, I think, sometimes forget why we're here. You know, that, like that verse says, we're here to please God first and foremost. And one of the things that pleases God is that we give out the gospel. Uh, that, that, uh, that folks uh, know that Jesus saves, that, that uh, uh, he forgives sin, as he and he alone, his death and his burial and his resurrection, that, uh, that, that, that uh, uh, save a person from their sin. Uh, we, we need to, to have that desire to want to, to please the Lord and realize that that's one of the reasons why we're here. We're here because we are the link. I mean, you and I. There's, listen, folks, there are people. I'm, I'm looking at faces this morning of people that will see and speak to people that I will never see and speak to. That will never come to this church. That will never listen to a message, get online, and they'll get online for other things, but they won't get online for the gospel. I can remember when I was a teenager, on Sunday mornings in Rochester, uh, growing up, there was always all kinds of gospel programs on the radio. I used to listen to the radio constantly. And I didn't listen to the right stuff, but I listened to the radio. I was a lost teenager. And uh, every time I heard... Anything that was any semblance of a church service, I turned the channel immediately. I never listened to it. Never listened to that stuff. Never did. Uh, you know, so you are the link. You're the link. You're the, you're the, you're the one that God has placed uh, in that person's life uh, in, order to, in order to get them the gospel. And look at the, the effect 
that it has on God when someone gets saved. Go to, go to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Sam Gipp often talks about the fact that uh, one of the goals that he has every day is uh, to put a smile on God's face. I like that. I like that. Well, let me tell you, let me show you something that puts a smile on God's face. Look in Luke 15 and verse, verses 7 and 10. Verse 7 says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. You want to put joy in heaven? Uh, witness to someone, lead someone to Jesus Christ. When someone gets saved, there's joy in heaven. Look down in verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels. It doesn't say the angels are rejoicing. It says there's, there's joy in the presence of the angels. You know one of the ones that's joyful when someone gets saved? is God himself because he sees someone trusting him as Savior. He sees someone taking advantage of, of the price that he paid for their sin. Uh, another thing that, that I believe will help us to be ready to, to uh, give an answer for the hope that lieth within us is to, 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 to not let our imaginations and not let intimidation get the best of you. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Just getting our, our thoughts in the right place is something that is advantageous to winning people to Christ and being a witness. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and look with me in verses 4 and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I'm convinced that part of that is being soul conscious. Just, just having a care and having a concern for the souls that we, that we come across on a day-by-day -day basis. One of the things that, that uh, Satan uses to try to stop us from being a witness is, uh, is intimidation, just, just flat old intimidation. Uh, and if, if, he can, if he can get us intimidated, you know, I, I, used, I used to be intimidated of anybody that was a member of any kind of a, a cult or a false religion, uh, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, whatever. I talked about this morning, Baha'is in Sunday school. Uh, you know, they, I used to get intimidated by that. Don't be intimidated by it. You've got the truth. You've got the answer. Uh, don't, don't, don't let Satan intimidate you with that thing. And, and one of the ways that, that will help is by, by having your thoughts in the right place. And along that same line, take your Bibles and turn to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 is a...
passage that we often quote, particularly the first two verses when it comes to having a consecrated Christian life and just living for God. But Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is a good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Let God's word transform your mind. Uh, that prepares you. That gives you, gets you ready. Uh, you know, spend time meditating on verses that strengthen you. Spend time thinking about what you read in your Bible that morning. Uh, you know, uh, just, just getting our thoughts uh, in the right place is, is definitely something that is, is necessary for being able to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And then my last point, and it's, it's certainly not my least. In fact, it probably should have been at the, the front of this whole list. But I put it at the end so that we'd, we would remember it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. This is, this is really true about all areas and walks of life. This is necessary just for, for living an everyday Christian life. But, but it, it, it also is a part of being a witness. Look with me in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, being, being filled with the Spirit is just simply allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and control uh, in letting the, the Spirit of God uh, have the upper hand in your life, uh, let him, letting Him drive your life instead of you drive your life. And uh, uh, it, uh, it, it, it also has to do with being bold in witnessing. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me over to uh, Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4, and verse 31. Acts chapter 4 and verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. They spoke the word of God with boldness. Why? Because they were filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God will give you that power. The Spirit of God will give you that wisdom. The Spirit of God will give you that, that guidance and that direction. Uh, but the question is, okay, how do, you, how do you do that? I think sometimes we've made being Spirit-filled a whole lot more complicated than it really is. I don't believe it's complicated at all. Um, there's, there's several things that we need to do in order for the, the Spirit of God to have His will and His way and guide and direct us on a daily basis in our lives and be filled with Him. Uh, first of all, you have to empty yourself of, of sin and self. Uh, if, you know, if, I, if I had, and I do, I have a, a glass of water, and I wanted to put in there some uh, some some Coca-Cola or some Pepsi. You know what? I, I wouldn't be able to put it in there. I really shouldn't put it in there. 
with the water in here now. Why? Because it's going to mess it up. So you know what I got to do first? I got to get rid of what's in there. You know what you got to do in your own life? You got to get rid of what's in there. <laughs> you got to get rid of your desires. You got to get rid of, you know, your, your will and say, not my will, but thine be done. And just, just simply empty ourselves of sin, empty ourselves of self, and give ourselves over to the, the Spirit of God. Secondly, we need to, to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. And the way you, you yield yourself is just by simply obeying. When he shows you to do something, do it. Uh, when he tells you that there's a sin to be avoided, avoid it. When he tells you there's a, a good thing to do, do it. Uh, make sure that you're obedient. And then just simply ask God to fill you with the Spirit. I've often done that. Asked him, Lord, please fill me with your Spirit. Now, you have to empty yourself and you have to, have to yield yourself. But uh, the Lord wants to fill us. He wants to use us. You know, I, I had a, a college professor that used to say over and over again, don't ask God to use you. Ask God to make you usable. Because he will use you if you're usable. And uh, ask him to fill you. And then last of all, claim his filling by faith and, and be a witness and be a testimony for Jesus Christ. Uh, being spirit-filled is absolutely necessary uh, for being a witness. And uh, it gives us his power rather than, than our own persuasion and our, our, our own uh, manipulation sometimes. Uh, remember, God, God has called you to be a witness. He's not called you to be a salesman. You're not sell, first of all, you're not selling anything. You're, you're, you're pointing them to a Savior who's giving forgiveness away. It's the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And all a witness is is simply a person who gives a testimony. You know, uh, one thing you, you can't deny, a person cannot deny, and that is what God did for you. You know, you, you go through the book of Acts and you find that one of the things that Paul often did was he told people how he used to be and now how he is today. And he said, listen, the difference is Jesus Christ. It's what Christ has done for me. We are to be witnesses. We are to be ready. My question to you this, this morning is, as you go into this next week, are you ready? You know, is it even part of your consciousness? Is it even part of what we think about when we go about our, our daily tasks? You know, uh, one last thing that, that uh, uh, I, I have gotten short on, and I need to get back to, and I realize it, is asking God in the beginning of the day, Lord, give me an opportunity to be a witness. Uh, Lord, help me to say a word for Jesus Christ. Give, yeah, show me uh, why you have placed me where I am today for such a time as this. That's out of the book of Esther. She was placed there uh, where she was in a heathen land for such a time as this. She ended up uh, being 
being instrumental in saving the Jews from, from, from getting killed. Uh, God has done the same thing for us. He's placed, he's placed every one of us where we are for such a time as this. Here's a question. Are you ready? Are you willing? Are you prepared? And will you be a witness for Jesus Christ? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father.